0: Hello and welcome to the Becoming podcast. This podcast is a place where deep, raw, and vulnerable conversation is commonplace. This podcast is here to help illuminate the collective consciousness, to get us thinking, to allow each of us to look deeply at the way that we live and if it's in alignment with our soul's intent. I hope that conversations here stir you to really contemplate your own life and to step forward into a braver and brighter version of you and to trust that it's not always an easy, light filled path, but that often it's the shadows and challenges that we face that allow us to then see more clearly. I thank you for showing up and for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, I would so appreciate if you subscribed it, shared with friends, and expanded these conversations beyond just you listening. Also, if you're interested in joining the Becoming community, I've started a Facebook page called Just That, The Becoming Community, and I hope to grow a space that we can collectively share our experiences on life, questions that we have, deep ponderings about how to live and show up more bravely, more fully, and more soulfully in our lives. So thank you again for being a part of this conversation. All right. Uh, All right. Welcome, everyone. I am excited today to introduce you and really um, introduce myself to Juliet Tang. And we met over the web, and um, Juliet is doing some really important work in the world. Um, And I'm not going to try to summarize it. Let me introduce Juliet and let her tell us a little bit about what she's up to. And then we'll kind of backpedal from there, if that's good.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Anne. It's such a pleasure for me to be on this show, and um, so I am Juliet Tang, and I am a feminine business wealth and leadership mentor for conscious women entrepreneurs, and uh, my work really bridges spirituality with real life wealth and success creation. So my mission and my passion is to help my women clients and help all women to stand in their feminine leadership, to fully own their value and worth and see that they have such brilliant, soul level, um, I would say soul level medicine that they're offering to the world. And, um, you know, to really allow themselves to shine this way, while creating the success and the wealth that and the impact that they're looking for in their businesses.
0: Awesome. So that is a loaded statement. So let's unpack that a little bit. What does this look like day to day for you? And how did you actually let's go back even one more step? How did you get here? Like what? What's your background? I mean, this is a long story, I'm sure. But what's your background, and how did you lean into this specific kind of work? And then I want to go back even deeper into sort of the spiritual nature. Am
1: mm-hmm. I love? I love the question. So, oh boy, <laughs> took me. It it took me a long time to get here, and I'm sure that you know so many of us are feeling this because every day when I'm speaking to women. Um, you know, we all share a similar story. So I was actually, I'm going to start from the very beginning. I was, I was born and raised in communist China. And, um, you know, I, I pretty much experienced all the struggle that a woman in the modern day society would be experiencing, meaning I grew up in a very, very conservative environment. Um, In my lineages alone, one of my grandmas was persecuted by the Chinese government for owning her voice and truth. She was persecuted for, you know, just being a teacher, for being an educator. And the other one had bound feet and she never worked one day in her life. So growing up, I was this girl who tried to be who was taught to be the nice girl. And I was taught that I needed to put my needs last, I needed to look after everyone else's feelings, I needed to really suppress my voice and not speak up, because that is the archetype of the nice girl. And I grew up just with all of those patterns of disempowerment, and really just like the fear of expression was one of the biggest things that I struggled with in my life. So Making a super long story short, um, in my 30s, I was at the time a public school teacher and um, I was at the rock bottom of my life. I just simply could not do the work anymore, not because I didn't like the kids or I didn't want to teach. It just was not my soul's calling. But for many years, I stayed in that profession because I just I didn't have the courage to to leave. I didn't have the courage to say, you know what, there's work that I'm born to do, you know, for the fear that I would lose my paychecks, I would lose my safety net, and I would lose my, you know, um, pension and healthcare and all of those things. So I remember one day, you know, I'm in New York and one day I was on my on my way to work in Times Square, and I was just looking at all of those people holding on to their coffee, um, you know, on the train. And I just said to myself what what am i you know why am I here? what am I doing? what is this life like is this it is this is this why I'm here and that was really a wake up call so in two months, I quit my I quit my job without a backup plan, and I had very little savings in my bank account, but it was just the point of no return. That was the first point of no return, and um, at the time, I was already a Reiki practitioner, and I didn't even think twice. I just knew that the path was calling me to be an energy healer and spiritual coach at the time because I experienced this Oh, my goodness, this mind blowing spiritual awakening that allowed me to awaken to my spirit, to awaken to the truth of this existence, that, you know, there is something that is beyond the veil. You know, let's just put it that way. So. I was, I was working as an energy healer, a Reiki master later on and spiritual coach actually for years. And I guided many people, you know, back to the truth of their being until I had a second awakening. And I call it, I actually call it the wealth awakening. So we live in a world where I would say that there is a lot of baggage around wealth and money for the simple reason that 99% of the world does not understand what money or what wealth is. And it's actually a consciousness. It's an energy. And what I found out in my work in the spiritual community was that a lot of women, especially, you know, those who are called to um, step into their power, step into their truth so that they could unleash their soul level medicine to the world. A lot of them are so good at what they do, but at the same time, they feel disempowered around business around money, around truly standing up as the feminine leaders for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's fear of judgment. Sometimes they have, you know, a relationship with money that hasn't been healed and going deeper. It also has to do with the fact that collectively as a species, we haven't really um, healed our relationship with the divine masculine. And the masculine is, you know, it manifests as money, as confidence, as aligned actions, as standing up for our truth, as taking a powerful lead and powerful stand for something that we believe in. So when I had that realization and when I had that awakening, um, It just happened very, very quickly. Within a few months, I rebranded my business and I became a feminine business, um, you know, business, wealth and leadership mentor because I literally received it in my meditation for days and days and days while I was going through this. And the message was super clear that, you know, the divine feminine is on the rise. And there are women who are born with a soul's mission to change the world, to uplift humanity, humanity to heal, you know, all of the things that need to be healed in the world. The message was very clear. In order for these women, and they are oftentimes, I would say, healers, spiritual teachers, coaches, um, transformational leaders who ditched their cushion job, you know, nine to five, their six figures to do what their hearts are calling them to do and help the systems and institutions change and help, you know, literally transform the collective. So that message was coming to me every single day. I just, I couldn't ignore it. And it finally got to the point that I said, you know what, I'm just going to have to do it. And I kind of dropped years of my work, I ended up burning a lot of bridges, and, um, you know, like pretty much dropping the pieces that I spent years of building, um, years of building in my business, and um, I transitioned into being who I am today. So
0: that's a super long story, but yeah. that's the gist of it. That's okay. Let's. I have a lot. I, lo- I love the gist. Now let's go back and um, hash some of that out a little bit more. So I wanted to be really like user-friendly. When you talk about that you were unhappy in your job, which is something I think so many people can relate to, that they feel agitated in the work they're doing. But we've all been trained to commit to our jobs and we got a degree and you're. this is what you said you were going to do. And then that agitation starts to build up and there's discontent and dissatisfaction and people don't know what to do. What did it feel like to you when you knew that you needed to change and you needed to shift? I mean, obviously you knew a little bit because you were seeking out Reiki training and something a little more um, spiritual by nature. But... Um how did you how did you decipher and get the and get the the courage to be Ooh, like I'm done? Yeah. Um it
1: took me it took me years, years to step into that courage. Yeah. I just knew that there was um I was just so miserable. I I would wake up in the morning and I would say to myself, you know what, I, I don't I don't know I don't even know why I'm alive. I don't know why I'm alive. And it's not that I was suicidal. It's just that I was not in my zone of genius. I was not doing the work that I'm born to be doing. And throughout the years, you know, I've really learned from myself and from clients and just from talking to people that each of us. Has, you know, each of us has chosen a very, very specific mission and purpose to be alive. And that is our soul's highest expression and expansion in this world. But growing up, most of us have been conditioned to, you know, to. Um, chase after safety, to chase after the things that our parents did or our society has been doing, and we've been told that you know what, this is the only choice. This is your only choice. You grow up, you go to high school, you go to college, you get your master's. For some people, you get your PhD. You go get a job so that you can be taken care of, and you can, and then you're going to trade your time for you know for money so that you can put food on the table. That conditioning is so deeply embedded in our collective psyche that I personally feel it takes some sort of, you know, um, mind-blowing awakening to even to start questioning this status quo because everyone has accepted this to be the truth. So the idea of, well, you know what, I'm going to challenge this and I'm going to step out of this and I'm going to create a different life for myself that idea pretty much has never occurred in most people's minds unless unless they get to a point where they're just like there's no point you know they're just I can't go on anymore and i i had to reach that point from accumulated misery from all of those years and that was what really pushed me over the edge
0: yeah that's what i always say for me personally it's always been that i sit in that pain and discomfort so long that I just wait for the universe to kick me in the ass and force (laughs) me to leap into the next thing. Like I have no other choice left. I can't wallow around anymore. Um, And it sounds like what you're trying to help people do is once they've decided to stop wallowing, that you're trying to help them leap more bravely, yes. more quickly, less suffering. Um, I. It's interesting. You're saying we trade our time, you know, and our skills at that time that we've learned for money. And what I think that we both know and I and see in the work that we do is that people trade their soul for oh, yes, the work they do. Oh, yes, big time. And that's and that's even worse than trading our time and money is that, you know, little little bits of your soul are dying because you're it's the unanswered call. So how do people? So people, I feel like what, what I would. I can hear people asking are things like, well, I know I'm dissatisfied. I know I'm discontent. I know I'm unhappy, but I don't know what's next. I don't know how to, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't doing this. How do you help people start to see that?
1: Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. And I, I know I was in that boat for so many years. So the first thing that I would say is just to trust your heart's wisdom, just to trust that whatever you're feeling right now, I feel that as a society, none of us have been taught um, the truth of emotions. So Mm -hmm. when we have a negative emotion, like, oh God, I'm so miserable at my job. My soul is dying piece by piece. We take it as "Mm, there's something that is hurting me right now, as opposed to the truth of each emotion is that an emotion is actually a messenger. It is here to let us know whether we are in alignment Whether our soul's highest expression or not. So a positive emotion is, yes, yes, lady, you're on the right track. And a negative emotion is kind of like a messenger knocking on the door with a warning and saying, you know what, sweetie, you are off track right now. There's something that is so much higher that you can be, that you can do, that you can create right now. And you've chosen to identify with a smaller identity. So the first thing is to really understand and discern the emotions that you're feeling. If you're feeling very, very miserable or negative or anxious or fearful, it simply means that there is some truth underneath that's about you, about life that you haven't uncovered. And going from that place, the second second choice for me is always to get very clear on What is it that I truly, truly desire? Because desire is this natural evolutionary impulse that's been sent to us from source energy. I mean, we are source energy, but that is source's way to communicate with us as to what our highest expression is. And that desire can never lead us astray because that is part of us that is here to help us grow. So I was able to get very clear on what I wanted. And in the beginning, I'm going to say that for a lot of people, that feeling is more clear on what I don't want. So yeah, I don't want to be at that. this yes. job. I don't yeah. want to be working here. I don't want all of these things. Mm-hmm. So while in the space of I don't want, I feel that this is also A very, very powerful space to be in. So for each I don't want, I would actually write down next to it what I do want. So if I don't want to be at this job, well, okay, so I want to be at a career or a business that is liberating, that's expansive, where I'm helping people. So I would actually convert each I don't want statement into a I desire statement. And this way, it really helps, you know, all of us paint a very clear picture on What is ahead of us on something that we can allow ourselves to step into? And the third step is, oh, that's a big one. We've got to step into our power to to really understand that we are where we are, not because we're not capable, not because we're not brilliant. We are where we are you know because we've taken on all of that past conditioning from our parental figures from lineage lineages from generational cycles from the society these were the expectations that we internalized that we took to be to, to be the truth but it's not really the truth Because the truth is that we are divine, we are limitless, we are creators, we're creatrixes. So that is the part that I usually see as a spiritual awakening. That is usually when people go from, you know what, I am powerless and I'm a victim and things are just happening to me, to awakening to that highest power within and say to themselves, because everything else has failed outside, and we're kind of just forced to look inside and say, well, you know what, if nothing else is working, I'm going to have to re-examine who I am being and what my values are, what my beliefs are, what my thoughts are. And that is usually that, I mean, that can take, you know, sometimes that can be quick, but overall I find for people that can take months, that can take years, because in that process, the ego is slowly dying. There is an ego death and through the death of the ego, we actually awaken to the, the you know, the conscious creator within. So that is a very long process and uh, that can be very long. And I, in my, um you know, in my previous role as a coach and mentor, that was the thing that I helped people with the most, you know, so that they could awaken to a higher self and not just know that the higher self is there, which comes to be the next step. So the fourth step is the third step is knowing that you are this, you are that, having all of that knowledge and you know, going out, finding resources, talking to people who are on a similar path, reading books, you know, watching Joe Dispenza, YouTube videos, right? Wayne Dyer, Joe Dispenza, Tony Robbins. And the fourth part is actually that embodiment piece. So now that I know all of these things and I know these concepts, and they're swimming in my head, I need to integrate these. I need to integrate them into my being so that I don't just wake up knowing it. I am, I am that. And once we reach that stage of I am that, we are embodied in this role as a conscious creator. And for those that continue to journey on, the next stage will be co-creation. It is to realize that, you know, I have limitless power, but at the same time, I love contributing. Usually I find that people wake up, they realize that this lifetime is about them, but it's also about everyone else. They realize that, you know what, I have a gift and I have this brilliance and I am here to contribute to the betterment of humanity. So it moves them on to the next part, which is co-creation, conscious community building, working with people who are on the same wavelength under a shared vision so that they can create something that is sacred and healing for humanity. So usually these are that I find these are the stages, not necessarily in a linear fashion. And it's it's more like a spiral. Like you keep coming back to the same place over and over, but with newer understanding. and
0: Yeah, because those limiting beliefs and all of those paradigms that we have built into our psyche don't just easily move away. They keep coming back up and you keep digging deeper at them. And I was just thinking, you know, the reason I find and I think that many people don't do this, all of this work, you know, I mean, it, it, because it's work and it's uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we have to really look at the way we've been numbing out and avoiding and playing small. And that is not for the faint of heart. Um, and I, I just think it's really important to say this is not, you know, it's not a one, two, three, four. I know, you know, that obviously you've worked with lots of people, but this isn't a, a quick process, I think, from the average person and especially somebody who's never been or never given themselves permission to do this kind of introspective work.
1: Yes. Agreed. Agreed. This can, it took me, it took me many years to go through all of these cycles. And, and also that um, it takes, like you said, it takes a ton of courage, a ton of courage. There are times that you're just like, Oh, this is so hard or I just want to cry and it's too hard. You know, you got to keep going because I feel one of the hardest things for all of us as human beings is to face ourselves it's to face where our blind spots are it's to face those misalignments within and it's to face those the shame and the guilt that we have held on to, um, you know, and this is in the very beginning of this journey, shadow work is extremely um, important because there are those parts within our psyches that we have never shown any lights on. And those are the parts that from our childhood conditioning that we decided to shame those parts and we decided to lock them away. So in the in the beginning, and, and shadow work continues throughout, but mostly it, it, it's very, very potent usually in the... The few beginning stages or the first few years where we're just kind of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I shunned that part of me. And this is just coming out to see the light. And that that part, I remember going through that stage. And I know I was I was crying for three months straight. Every single day. I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. I can't believe I actually had that belief. I can't believe that I gave away my power to so and so. You know, yeah. and it was
0: yeah, yeah. So let's talk about shadow work. I mean it's sort of, it's a popular conversation in this day and age, I think. And I think it's a, for me, I've noticed that it's a kickback against this idea that's come through the spiritual teachers, or, or at least it's in, the, it's in the dialogue often that it's, you know, it's all love and bliss or it's all neutral and we just need to lean more into joy. And it's sort of the spiritual bypassing of all of the darkness that also balances out the light how do you explain shadow work to a newbie and um, what are some of the most common ways people can start to unearth that for themselves or start to look at where they might um, have some shadows?
1: Mm-hmm. So to me, the essence of shadow work is actually learning to love and embrace every single part of who we are. And I know that the word shadow sounds like, Oh, shadows, scary, it's dark. Um in When I was going through that stage, you know, and because I was working with my own coaches, I was always operating from the place that even the darkest parts in me, even the most aligned pieces in me are still made of love. They're still still made of the divine molecules of the universe. And and I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing because I did not learn how to love and embrace the totality of me in the past. And this is why the emotions are coming up. So in the end, there's really nothing scary about embracing any part of who we are or any part of this, this existence called life for as long as we acknowledge that this, is all a part of the same stuff. So light and dark are really two sides of the same coin. You know, in spirituality, people tend to, in the beginning, people tend to see things in, in their dual expressions, like energy, matter, spirit, human, right? People see the separation. But you you will reach, sooner or later, you're going to reach this realization that These dual parts are the two expressions of the same substance. So, if I am shunning darkness, I am shunning light. And if I'm shunning light, I'm shunning darkness. And once you really experience that union within, you kind of, you, you. You restore, I mean, the wholeness is restored, that there's nothing, you know, then you stop to run away from yourself. And the moment that you stop running away from yourself, you step into the truth of who you are, which is this one entity that is made of the same, really the same stuff as everything else, as the universe, as divine God source energy, whatever, you know, people like to call that energy. And um, that in itself is already a type of, I would call like, um, like an ascension. That in itself is ascension. Um, You know, for the people who are currently in, in this work, I will say that you know, truthfully shadow work never ends. It the intensity and the frequency becomes less and less and less the more it is that you are comfortable in your own skin and you're truly standing in. You're, you know, in who you are, in your worth, in your love. So, but it never ends because literally every single time when you have a new goal or a vision that you want to achieve, it automatically is going to trigger some stuff within you that needs to be peeled back so that you can see what is currently operating underneath. And the moment that you do that, you start to up level, whether it's in your career, in your business, in your relationship. So um, I know people say, oh, just do your shadow work and move on. Um my view is that my view is that um I don't I don't specifically dedicate like, oh, today is my shadow work day. Tomorrow is that I kind of just see it as a part of my life, as a part of my up-leveling. Because the quickest, one of the quickest ways for our stuff to come up and there's always stuff. I don't care how much work you've done. And even if your name is Jill Dispenza, there's always stuff. So one of the quickest ways for me to actually see the stuff and to work through the stuff is just to make a large enough goal, any kind of goal. The moment I make that goal, guess what? All the fears are going to come up. That voice, oh, I'm not, the voice, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. What if other, what will other people think of it? It's all going to come up. And then I work through it
0: as I am achieving the goal. Yeah. It's just that, you know that maybe the goal the the shiny ball that you're chasing the next right thing just gets bigger and bigger but the the same work you know i think that in the, in the world of spirituality, it's so easy to act like you're going to get to enlightenment and you're done, or you're going to achieve awakening and you're done. And I just think it's so misleading and such total BS because you just, there's, there continues to be more that just peels away and you're not done, we're not done being human. And like, we're not trying to transcend humanness, in my experience at least. I think humanness and the messiness and the fullness and sort of the tantric approach of light and dark and play and sorrow and all of it is, is the experience that we're working on. And the awakening doesn't mean you transcend Mm -hmm. that experience. You just maybe see it differently and you, differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I am so glad that you mentioned that this is such an important point to actually touch upon because I've actually encountered people who seem to have checked out. I mean, I don't have any, I don't have a better term to describe it. And there's, there's, this is not about injecting shame or anything, no. But there are people who are so in their upper chakras that they forgot what it's like to be human. And part of my second awakening, the wealth awakening, was actually to wake up to the wealth of the human experience. So wealth is not just money. It is wealth in being grounded, in being human, in embracing the messiness of life, in embracing the ups and downs. And also, at the same time, the, the realization at the time that just hit me like, I mean, it just—it's it, like a light bulb just went off. I realized that I spent many years living, actually, mostly in my upper chakras. So much so that I was not a grounded human being in this dimension. And part of part of being this awakened creator. I feel for the new paradigm is to be the leader that is fully grounded in both realms, in the realm of spirituality and in the realm of the human world. And um, all of that, There's there can be a lot of fluff a lot of times, oh, just chase after the light, light and love and all of that. That in itself can create a ton of bypassing and that in itself can create people who are actually escaping from their bodies and from the worldly matters like sexuality, like money, like creating things for the world, right? And and people can be very far gone. So part of this work is to actually, at a certain point in the spiritual awakening, you actually awaken to your human self, except you have shed so many layers that your human self now can house even more light, can house even more vision, and you become fully rooted Um, into your human body and you start to really have that type of awakening that goes from the root up once more. You know, some people call it the Kundalini. I don't, I don't usually like put a lot of names on that, but you, you literally, yeah, come back to yourself.
0: Interesting. I've just been having this conversation with a dear friend who's works as a shaman and, I I realized why yoga has been so powerful for me in my life is that a couple of things, it'll hit a couple of your points. My emotions were always guiding me as a child and I was a very sensitive child, but because I had no language for it, it turned into anxiety and depression. And I remember literally living outside of my body and really not wanting to be in my body. And then it was like the anxiety and depression, I think, anchored me into life, but in a really unsettled way. And what yoga did for me is that it taught me to um, allow my intuitive self to live my spiritual self, the part of me that always was connected to source and and really saw the bigger picture and saw beyond the veil. but it also allowed me to embody in my body in a way that felt safe because um, I think I spent most of my life just trying to either ignore my body, numb my body, shame my body or just be outside of it any way I could. And I feel very strongly that like this exactly what you said, this paradigm shift that's happening now or this next wave is learning that we're meant to be both, right? I read a quote or a meme somewhere that was like, our job is to be 100% spiritual and 100% human. And I love yes. that. Like, I want to help bridge this gap from the woo-woo, airy-fairy, untouchable spirituality <laughs> that I see through. My, my bullshit detector goes way off around it. And I don't mean that in a judgment way, but there's a disconnect. It's just a disconnect that something in me goes, there's something not totally there or accurate or factual or real about that experience and help people realize you don't have to go off into la la land to be an awake <laughs> spiritual person but that you can have that vision that that perspective you can see the play in the universe and look at your stuff and own i call it radical authenticity and then step into also your human power so that we can you can't change the world if you're out in la la land right you got to be yes in your body, in your power, in your truth, in your life, with your feet on the ground. And and I have to believe that that's why we're here, that we didn't choose from body yes. as humans... To then escape the human part you yes
1: know? yes yeah. oh my goodness oh my goodness you hit the jackpot there yeah <laughs> it's uh, it's so true that was that was my awakening to the body you know mm-hmm. after being in a La La land for so long and we've had a very similar past as a child i was constantly because i was a born channel so i was constantly escaping my body and i was super energy sensitive and later on during my teenage years during my early adulthood i went through anxiety and depression myself you know being in like a abusive, abusive relationships, things like that. And the relationship with the body was never good until I realized that I had to come back to the body. And I feel, I definitely feel, because I've been talking to so many women, that there is a new movement of spirituality. And it's no longer that, you know, we're just talking about enlightenment and oneness. We're actually coming back to enlightenment. We're coming back to this human body. We're coming back to anchoring ourselves down on earth in this lifetime as the leaders, as the conscious leaders and, you know, change agents and innovators and speakers and authors and creatives and spiritual teachers, all of these things, all of these missions that we're actualizing and they cannot be fully actualized until we completely embrace this human life until we completely embrace every ounce of this humanness of living on earth, everything that is on earth. So that is the new movement. And I'm seeing more and more women actually kind of moving out of that La, La Land space and into a much, much more grounded space, but taking their gifts, taking their awakening knowledge experience and their brilliance with them. So that is, that is the most beautiful part
0: it's exciting it's an exciting time and I just keep meeting women in all different sort of spaces that we all feel called to this and I think it's also a really beautiful time of collaboration that yes you know women I think one part of the divine feminine is that there is less of the traditional male and I mean this with a loving heart ego attached to it and that women's we're natural collaborators and um I think we have to do it together and we have to allow that part of of The nature of the divine feminine to to work together, to come together and realize we're all just speaking the same truth, maybe from a little different vantage point or a little different voice or different experiences or different upbringing. And together we rise, right? That's that reminder over and over again.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, And the reason I used to work with both men and women and the reason why I completely am focusing all of my, you know, all of my energy on women these days is because I literally received this call in a shamanic ceremony and I work with a lot of shamans and uh, plant medicine. And in the shamanic ceremony, the theme was goddess birth, you know, the birth of the goddess. And it was all about the birth of the goddess on earth, and that this is the planetary awakening in which the feminine is rising to her power. And I remember after that, I was reading something that was um, written by the Dalai Lama, and he said, the world will be saved by Western women. I mean, I'm going to take Western out. I feel it's all women, and of course, men too, you know, who are doing this work. But from my perspective, Women are, you know, we've, we are literally, oh my goodness, we are the carriers of, of just birthing, birthing new possibilities on earth because we are, you know, we have the womb both physically and energetically. So we're here to birth really big things. And the collaboration piece is absolutely necessary. None of us can do this work alone. You know, and and I also feel that as a society, um, a lot of women, a lot of women grew up, haven't been conditioned to compete against each other, to talk behind other people or to kind of like feel jealous of other women. So going through this type of awakening can really help unite women, because we realize that, you know what? It, this is divine sisterhood. We are here to lift each other up rather than to put each other down. So even for me, personally, as I was going through that journey, I started to really see every single woman that I'd encounter as a sister, as a collaborator because that is that is the only truth that they're
0: I agree. And I do want to say to the to the beloved men who uh, listen to this podcast, and um, you know, I am meeting some really wonderful men who have embraced divine feminine energy within themselves and I think that's what makes them so approachable and so Mm -hmm. relatable is that they're awake to the necessity of both and they're tired of of the way things are too and I think it's always a really interesting thing that um, when we look at at this rebalancing and this will shift us to your to your work more too but when we look at this rebalancing it isn't um, a taking down of male or masculine energy it isn't like that needs to go away it's just that the divine feminine has been muted and oppressed for so long that it's a it's a rebalancing it's a harmonizing it's a it's a quality right that both yes both need to coexist instead of the imbalance of male energy and patriarchy you know it, yes yeah so it's not like it not like us versus them or, the, or that the masculine needs to go away it's just that the feminine needs the opportunity to rise up and rebalance because we're out of balance
1: absolutely absolutely and and the truth of each human being is that no matter what we call ourselves we are both we are the union of feminine and masculine yes. so this isn't about oh i'm born men therefore i can't yeah. be feminine we're the union. So partially, this is a co-creation between between these two aspects of who we are within ourselves. And the moment that we are standing in our own union, it becomes so much easier for us to empower other people, whether men or women, to to come back to this wholeness place. And for me, you know, the feminine um, and and both govern different aspects of this existence of co-creation because the feminine is about desire. She is all for expansion. She is all for intuition. She is all for flow. She is all for giving birth to new realities, to new possibilities. Without the masculine, the feminine in herself and on her own cannot possibly materialize, you know, cannot bring her vision into fruition because the masculine is here to protect the feminine. So he is here. The aspect of that, you know, is here to create that structure. It is here to protect her vision, to take a stand for her, to anchor her down in this reality so that she's not floating, you know, up in the air and for her to be fully materialized on earth through, you know, through things like um, loving and caring for our body, you know, healing and upgrading our relationships with money, co-creating with other people and creating conscious communities, taking proactive and radical actions that are here that can, you know, help the generations to come. So both of them need to work together because the union then gives birth to a new life you know just biologically that's the same energetically that is the same so we need both but for as long as the feminine is so suppressed the masculine especially the wounded at the shadow aspect of the masculine which is in our world right now on on you know on its own cannot possibly create the next level changes for all of us so this is why i feel you know there is an urgent call for the for the rise of the feminine, but even in myself, and I have. Experienced this. I have helped people experience this. um, Help help people experience this. The moment that the feminine is on the rise, automatically we need to step into the masculine within ourselves. So they really work together simultaneously. Just like every time when we have a big goal, you know, um, the shadow comes up. There's stuff that comes up, and it's never just like oh, I'm just gonna do one and neglect the other. It doesn't work that way. You know, this is the yin and the yang of the universe, the polarities that we're working with
0: stepping into the masculine look like because you and I talked briefly before and and I know as uh, as a person in the yoga community for over well teaching in the yoga community for almost 14 years and just spiritual being in the spiritual world all the time like this is this is the biggest challenge is that somewhere written into our psyches is that you cannot be both spiritual and abundant or that there's sort of this you know humility and humbleness that needs to come with it, and then what that unfortunately means is a lot of us who feel called to the spiritual are are terrible marketers. We're terrible at getting ourselves out there. We're afraid mm-hmm. of coming off as the egotistical, charismatic, you know, evangelist about spirituality or or whatever those sort of s- stories are. How do mm-hmm. we, how do we how does the person called to the spiritual Life, spiritual teacher role, change maker, do it in a way that we learn to better embody the masculine without feeling like it's coming from that ego place
1: this is such a great question and i feel this is where the world is right now Mm -hmm. um so even just the first step is awareness understanding that you know the the idea the belief that you know i i cannot be abundant and do the work that i love and be spiritual that that very belief actually is rooted in deep religious trauma Yes. yes And yes, that, and, yeah. and in spirituality, what people don't realize a lot of the times when they first start to be introduced to it, especially, is that a lot of the things that they're feeding themselves has um, that religious trauma aspect in it. So essentially, you know, it is crucial to develop discernment and to really ask yourself, you know, if— Truly, there is no separation between spirit and human, which is the essence of a lot of these spiritual teachings. Spirit is infinitely whole. It's complete. It's perfect. It's abundant. It's beautiful. It's radiant on its own. So... How can I be an expression of that and 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 believe and hold on to lack and scarcity and shame about self-expression and shame about, you know, communicating my gifts in a more empowering way to the world so that I can help people, right? So that automatically creates incongruence. And anytime when there is lack of congruence, it's always an invitation for people to look deeper and see, well, you know what? Maybe if this is the only truth that there is, maybe then I'm holding on to something that is not the truth. And that's always the first step. And the second step is really understanding that, you know, abundance, beauty, joy, freedom, all of these things are our divine birthright they are just they are just different aspects of spirit they're the different consciousness of spirit so again to be fully embodied as spirit in the human body means that i am exhibiting and i am truly um in the qualities of everything that spirit takes a stand for. And that in itself can be that that in itself can be another layer of shadow work because I know when I went through that, you know, I had to do another layer of shadow work that was all about, well, I kind of had to disentangle my my energy from some of the communities that did not feel aligned to me. Because for as long as you're a part of a community and you're constantly, you know, just like consuming their content, it, that energy is going to affect your own creation and your own discernment and your own truth. So part of me, part of what I did was actually moving out of certain communities that glorified lack, that glorified, you know, pure, um, humility without, you know, like kind of like just glorified, you should be living in a hut, making no money, giving away your services for free. And the moment that I actually had those energy purges, it became really, really clear as to what The truth actually is, and how I need to embody that truth. And next comes well, next comes the choice. So, if that is not my choice, what is my choice? Then, what is my desire? What is really, what does spirit really want to create through me? How does it want to live through me? And making friends with money, healing that relationship with money, and understand that the truth of money is that it's just a large projection screen it's nothing more than that. It's an amplifier. Money, the sole contract of money in this human lifetime is that it amplifies everything that we are being right now. So if there's something that is being amplified, I usually like to look underneath and see if there's something that needs to be transformed. So personally, I love coaching, um, and money and leadership as actually portals to help people grow spiritually, because there, these are very, very large mirrors that show us where we're not congruent with our highest selves, you know, and, and that part gets that part, you know, becomes very deep work. But for, for a lot of people who are currently in the spiritual community, who feel that they have bigger gifts that they want to use to serve humanity, I would say to actually step into the masculine by making a decision, because a decision making is a masculine energy, making the decision that, you know what, I'm not going to put up with other people's bullshit. I am here to anchor the truth in my body, in my life, and I'm here to communicate it and to release the shame that, you know, I can't, you know, I can't, I'm not good at with sales or I'm not good with money or I cannot market my gifts, release that shame and fully step into the value of what they have to offer and own that value from the inside out, which is again, higher self embodiment. This is again, spiritual embodiment, owning their value, owning their 100% self-worth and owning the fact That if my soul has chosen this very specific mission and purpose for me to fulfill in this lifetime, and I feel so passionate about it, then this is my safety net. This is what I'm born to be doing. And to shy away from that and to say that I'm not good enough is actually me playing small. And that is actually coming from the ego Than the spirit. So, really discerning what ego is and what spirit is. Because, playing small, a lot of people believe being humble, living in lack is spiritual. It is not. 90% of the times, that is actually coming from ego. That is the ego's way of keeping us in a certain community or keeping us in certain teachings that are not spirit's teachings. So, once you release all of that shame and release all of that baggage, naturally, I find as human beings, men, women, children, we just want to shine we just want to be fully self expressed because that is our natural expression as spirit it's only it's i mean it's only goal if there is even a goal spirit just wants to wants to express it wants to manifest it wants to unfold it wants to evolve it wants to become and we have inherited the very same nature Of spirit just like a tree a seed wants to grow into a tree you know an egg wants to hatch into a bird this is who we are there's nothing to be ashamed about just wanting to evolve wanting to become the next version of who we are and wanting to be fully self-expressed and actualized in our gifts and in our missions so yeah
0: why my podcast is be is called Becoming was exactly that, right? Allowing oh, yourself beautiful. to be born, you know, to to birth and call through who you've always intended your soul, or who your soul has always intended you to become, right? And yes. stepping into that journey bravely, you know. And yes, and yeah, I'm I can, I'm considering shifting the podcast name to Becoming Illuminated, as we discussed, but it's still the same thing that you're just illuminating the path and the truth of your soul. And I love. I love that reminder that if it's a desire within you, then it is born of something greater than you, so to speak, or that greatness that's in all of us, that soul, um, that source, that contract, right? Like you aren't, you don't have a desire to create something that isn't then inherently meant for your soul to create.
1: Right, right. If it's yours, you're going to feel it. And if it's not yours, you know, you're you're just not going to be attracted to it. So too many people are just running away from that higher desire without knowing that this is the evolutionary impulse. This is the only reason why we're here. This, we are the purpose. You know, the purpose is not outside of us. We're the purpose. Just like a seed's purpose is only to grow into a tree. That's it. That's it. This is divine. You know, this is the divine birthing as, you know, human beings, as these visions. So that is the part that is this is why understanding our why is so important. This is the why this is everyone's why
0: really starting to do the work of getting out of your own way so that you can do this so you can step into that and I mean this this is the heart of my entire intention with this podcast and with uh, my efforts is just helping people to get out of their own way so that because when you're in your own way is when you're discontent and you're you're miserable in your job and you feel like your life is meaningless and you're stuck in anxiety and depression and stress Mm -hmm. and and in your head living in our heads instead of living from our hearts and like this is how we change the world. This is how we how we undo what we're all so unhappy about right now in the collective as well as by showing up yes. in this race. Yeah, it's all part yes. of the same story and end, you know, goal. Yes. Goal is not my favorite word, but you know what I mean? same (laughs) mission. Yeah.
1: It it is a mission and it's a vision. And it's just giving me goosebumps to even be talking about this because there was once in a shamanic journey that I was given this term pioneers of consciousness. Mm, And it's, it's almost like, the people who feel the calling are actually born with a soul contract as pioneers of consciousness. Ooh, really cool. so, so not allowing themselves to shine, to be fully self-expressed, to be the magnetic leaders that they are for the new paradigm is playing small. It's almost like it's no longer, I remember one of my coaches used to say to me when I was feeling insecure, and by the way, it's so common, everyone feels insecure. It's not, it's not an individual thing, it's a collective thing. And she says, stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the people that you're here to serve, you know, stop being, stop being selfish.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good because that's such a great reminder because it, one of the words I just wrote down is saturation because I think that one of the common things I hear too is that well, somebody's already doing that, right? Somebody already wrote a book like I felt called to write. Or, I mean, I personally feel this all the time. I I pick up books or I watch people showing up in the world in the way that I know I need to be showing up. And then I'm just mad at myself that, well, somebody already did it. You know, somebody's Mm. already doing it. I I shouldn't do that because it's already been done. And... That is also, of course, I'm very aware that that's ego and imposter syndrome and bullshit. And, and it goes mm-hmm. back to that reminder that there's only so much truth and that we are just here to be, I love that, pioneers of consciousness and and that we're working together again. Like that is the reminder. So saturation is just one more lie we tell ourselves about why we shouldn't do what we feel called to do. I'm answering my own yes. question. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And yes. then if we're just pioneers of consciousness, consciousness, we band together to do this together.
1: Yes, and that that saturation is honestly the unconscious conditioning, you know, from the conditioning that oh, you're not born to shine, you need to stay, you know, you need to stay where you are. That's just the that's just the unconscious mind or the ego wanting to keep us safe. so because it has this idea that we're going to go out and embarrass ourselves, yes, you know, or so feral. it's just mm-hmm. here. yeah, it's just here to keep us safe, but it's very easy to override it once we only operate from the truth. and honestly, each of us has such unique essence and key codes that no one can do your work. Nobody has your gifts.
0: Yeah. So tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, it was in a meditation that I, I remember because I, I used to have the same fears. And again, these fears, I haven't met one human being who hasn't experienced lack of confidence or fear that, you know, someone else is doing it. It's so common because it is swimming in the collective, which makes it even more important for all of us to be disciplined enough to do this work so that we can disentangle our energies from the collective. So in the meditation, what I received was that each of us is born as a unique key code. A key code is a specific type of essence that no one can replicate. Personally, I like to call it each of of us is born with our unique brand of medicine. Just just because there are other, you know, yoga teachers out there, does not mean that they do the work that you do. Because as as a human being, as divine, living through you, your perspective, your experience, your knowledge, your expertise, your energy, and your brand of medicine is such a unique aspect of divine that it cannot be replicated. It cannot be copied and no one has it but you. And that goes for everybody on earth. So to even think or entertain the idea that, you know, I'm not unique enough, that is complete, complete BS that's coming from past conditioning that wants to keep us playing small because it's because it's comfort comfortable it's our comfort zone and we don't have to go out and challenge ourselves and step outside of our comfort zones you know but at the end of the day there's no one who can serve the medicine the way that you do the way that I do the way that everyone who is listening does just just being here just by being us is enough it really is it is enough if we choose to do something Um, obviously that is us, you know, keep challenging who we are and keep wanting to take it to the next level. But just by living and breathing, we are enough. Just by living and breathing, we are beautiful. We are whole. We are worthy. We're all of these things. And the moment that we truly own that on a deep cellular level, and not just be chanting that, but on a deep cellular level, we own all of that, we naturally become aligned with our soul's mission. Because by now, that that head garbage is out of the way. We're no longer questioning, oh, am I just, you know, am I doing what everybody else is doing, or do I have value to offer? The moment that all of that junk is gone and we see the truth, we automatically start to see how beautiful, how vibrant, how unique, how sovereign, and how gifted we are. There's not a human being that is born that is without their unique brilliance. So the only reason why they're not seeing it and feeling it is because they're living in smaller lives that they have taken on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the other main question that comes along with this for me that I that I hear from people um is that you know when we talk about soul's purpose or soul's mission and for the people you work with more specifically you're working with people who do feel called to bigger platforms, right? Most yes. of these people are called to bigger platforms, but how do you answer to the person who says that you know, I don't have this bigger call within me. I don't want to be on a stage. I don't want to be part of this bigger dialogue. How do you answer to someone who feels lost and also doesn't feel connected to something inherently bigger?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, I've actually I have friends who feel this way. And every single time when I hear that I can't help but pick up an ounce of almost like self judgment in that, because in saying that, well, you know, I don't have this bigger mission, I just want to live my life. That in itself is already beautiful. That in itself is already complete. No one has to be anything other than what we're called to be the most to fulfill this experience called life, because um, there's no, the purpose is just to be here. So by being here, by living and breathing, we have already fulfilled that purpose. And for some of the soul contracts that I have seen Honestly, the contract is just to be alive and have a fun ride and enjoy this ride called human existence. So I would say, remove all of that judgment, remove the shame, remove the guilt. Stop comparing yourself to other people and force yourself to be something that you're not called to be. Because just the fact that you're being you and you truly feel that this is what makes me happy and I am creating the best life possible for myself this is enough. It's more than enough. You have fulfilled your purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that it isn't inherently better to be no. called a bigger. It's just that some of us have different contracts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We all have different missions and this is what makes this is this is what source wants to experience in this life. It doesn't just want to experience itself as a light leader, as, you know, a spiritual teacher. It also wants to experience itself as, you know, a taxi driver, as a waitress, as someone as a mother, as a daughter, as a child, all of these things, everything. This is this is the infinite nature of spirit. And spirit doesn't really have a goal. It just has a nature that it likes to continue to manifest and evolve and become anything that it wants to be because it is limitless. So as human beings, yeah, as human beings, we are limitless. You know, however, if there is a call underneath, then answer that call. And if there is, even if the call is just, I'm here to live the best life possible, that sure. is a call.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, I always go back to the reminder that it's, um, answering the call is in often in daily ordinary moments that you lean back into yourself, your truth, your authenticity, your joy, Yes. um, you know, your courage, whatever that is, it's, it's in daily ordinary actions that we call ourselves back home to that deeper divine nature.
1: Yes. And I feel all of us, you know, even, even those who are doing, you know, who feel, the mission to help change the world, contribute to humanity, create platforms, even that is a return to the self, a return to the self authenticity because for those people, they feel that unless they do it they're not happy unless they do it, they feel that there's something that is pulling them forward more and more and more so it's never about what it looks like. it is really about are you are you just answering your highest excitement. Are you allowing yourself to 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 experience that joy of just being you, of, of, you know, like allowing yourself to fulfill whatever desires that you have?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think for me, there was always a blind spot because my personal mission feels bigger. So I assumed everybody else's did for a while, you know, and I had to like, <laughs> I had to really listen the same way you did to friends and go, oh, right, like yours is in this and then mine's here and ours aren't the same. But like, you know, when we're in our own space, I think for a long time I thought, well doesn't everybody have this mission or doesn't everybody have this sensitivity or doesn't everyone have these calls, you know? Yes. So yeah, it's been it's all very humbling to to be able to honor and recognize that that this is what mine looks like. And if it's born of my own soul's desire, then it's for me. And yours yes. is going to look different because it's for you and your key codes are different and your contracts are different and your your everything is different.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel there is a spiritual lesson in this. And this is the lesson of oneness. It really is. Understanding that as one, you know, there are so many aspects of us that are manifesting other as other human beings doing different things. But in the end... All of us are contributing to the existence and the experience and the expression of the one. So, and and once we remove that separation, like I'm better than you or someone is better than me and truly see that, wow, you know, there's, there's a woman who really loves what she's doing and whatever she's doing, you know, and, and she is helping the world in her own way, just by living in her joy, in her authenticity, that's it. So all of that becomes feedback to spirit and all of that is one. And it's a two-way, it's really a two-way co-creation. So for the spiritual teachers who are listening, this is this is truly the lesson of oneness, of seeing that everyone is on a sacred journey. You know, even even the people who may be getting on your nerves, they're still yeah. they're still on they're still Especially on a journey. Then. Right. <laughs> they're still on a journey as an expression of a certain experience. That spirit spirit is having and unless these people want to change i usually never like to force my own beliefs or views and force people to change because we cannot interfere with people's free will in that yes. in that sense
0: yes yes it's this is the this i said this a couple podcasts ago but i heard this once um from a student i think that she said her therapist told her what this definition of love let others voluntarily evolve and that like oh I think for those of us who are like, come on, everybody run along this evolution path with me. Doesn't everybody want to do the work? Don't you want to like get out of your way? Like, no, other people need to go at their own pace and we need to literally love on them too and let them be where they are. Mm -hmm. But that also doesn't mean stay quiet and don't poke the bear and don't agitate one another and don't, you know, don't step into your power, light and truth to mm-hmm. protect everybody else, but also let them come at their own pace and that's okay for them.
1: Yeah, it's it's really an interesting balancing act, um, you know, being being a human being because part of it is, you know, taking a powerful stand for something that we truly believe in. But the other part is to not not get into the space of like investing so much energy into looking at or talking about like the negative things that are going on right now. And I personally found that, the, the only reason why we're very triggered by other people is because there are internal triggers that we haven't removed within ourselves. So usually after I remove my own triggers, which at this point, I think I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm sure, you know, like there's still probably more, but I feel like I'm at a pretty good place. I actually am not triggered by people and where they are because, you know, it's 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 kind of like in the end, you want to say to yourself, well, you know, we are playing this game called life. This, exactly. is, this is a game of life.
0: Yes, Exactly, and what I just keep always, I try to remind myself when I'm triggered by the world, like what is it, what's in this for me to understand about myself? Yes, and that's it. Yes, yep. what do I need to own? What's mine to take care of, to clean up, to uh, address? And then what has nothing to do with me, and just release it? And that is not easy work. It's you know? not.
1: It's not. And eventually, I feel people come to the place that they realize it's never about other people. It's a hundred percent about the self. It is always about owning that responsibility within myself that, you know, I am responsible for creating my experiences, my choices, including how I respond to certain things that I'm seeing in the world. So it always comes back to the self. And that is, you know, I I always say to like my clients, this is the meaning of taking 100% responsibility as a divine creator in a human body.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's a, I mean, it's a lot it's a lot to do. Yeah. I love that you're yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you so much for for offering your wisdom to all of us. How can people find you and follow you?
1: Thank you so much and this was such a pleasure. So it's very easy to find me. Uh, my website is literally my name, JulietTang.com. I'm also very active on both Facebook and Instagram because um, I do have some very good um, communities on there. So you can easily just find me on Facebook. Instagram, my handle is Z as one word. And um, I'd like to pump out um, inspirational stuff every single day just to keep my
0: community happy
1: yeah, so, good for you. yeah yeah
0: any last thoughts for us about life or your work or any you know what the, the leave us with something wise and brilliant? you've already left us with a lot of wise and brilliant things. But.
1: Oh thank you so something about something about desire, something about vision, you know because I'm so like I'm so in my feminine even though I love the masculine, I'm very in my feminine. That desire can never lead you to the wrong place. And um, part of of the reason why a lot of us do feel that we have a bigger vision is because the vision that we have, even if the vision is just to, you know what, I want to save enough money and take my family on a fancy vacation this year, right? Even if that is the vision, whatever that vision is, is actually... The vision is a living and breathing entity. And the vision is here to actually help us step into a larger and higher version of who we are so that we can become a large enough container to hold that vision and to magnify that vision. So rather than looking at the desires as, oh, well, I'm just chasing outside of, I'm chasing after something that is outside of me, look at your desire as as part of your soul's expansion and expression journey. And that desire, that very desire has been given to you by divine so that you can co-create with each other so that you can step into its container and land in a higher version of you. And I feel that 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 kind of shifts the perspective of how a lot of people feel about desires, or like, you know, I shouldn't be chasing after these things, it's too materialistic, versus this is part of my growth process. This is part of my process of expansion and see it as this vision isn't outside of me it is actually a higher calling within me for me to become a more expressed version of me so see it as internal and that in itself can remove a lot of the struggle when it comes to like manifesting you know putting something on a pedestal it's not every every desire and every vision is already here It's already here. We just need to grow into that large enough container to be able to hold it and manifest it.
0: Wow, I love that. That is a huge shift. That uh, an easy shift, an easy switch in the brain, but not necessarily easy shift to live out. But I love that. That is such a beautiful way to. Um, empower people so that it doesn't feel like that's it that is so much it that it doesn't we feel like unworthy of chasing that bigger thing because it feels outside of us but when we turn it back to being inside of us it becomes a part of us that we're just bringing through that's really beautiful absolutely sure absolutely
1: and just see it as a soul contract between you and that desire that is in you Mm. it's
0: literally a contract Mm, I love that oh this is so awesome I could talk for another three hours with you i know oh. <laughs> um thank you for your time i'm sure that um you will be getting more followers and um i just love what you have to offer and let's definitely keep in touch on all of this so thank you definitely for your time thank yeah. you
1: so much for your time and energy and this was such an honor
0: awesome thank you Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to connect with me, uh, there are a couple ways. You can find me on all social media as Ann Fancy. And you can join the Becoming Community page on Facebook. Um, you can join the mailing list and all other places on AnnFancy.com. I really look forward to connecting with you and uh, continuing these deep, meaningful conversations. So thanks for showing up.